All right, guys. So welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. And today in studio joins me none other than one of my oldest friends here in Australia, Kerry Chapman. Oh, How are you going? I'm a little bit concerned that you're calling me old, but oh, okay. Well, <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> so guys, um, as we know, the campaign is fully about mental health and talking about how mental health does not discriminate. But today, Kerry has come onto the campaign. She's been a huge advocate from the beginning, but um, probably for the first time going to share her own personal story on an online platform. Is that right? That's right, yeah. And today we're going to talk about a topic that's becoming, it seems to be becoming so prevalent within today's society, and that is to do with social media. Now, before we get started on the story, I just want to make a point that social media is is... I'm not blasting social media. It can be used for a good purpose. And hopefully through the campaign, you can see the intended purpose is to connect people like it was initially made for, um, to get people talking and start a conversation, and especially around such an important topic such as mental health. But today we're going to flip it on its head and talk about the um, the negative side. And today's topic is cyberbullying and Kerry's own personal experience dealing and going through with it. And for somebody I've known for such a long time to be such an extrovert and happy-go-lucky girl um, and knowingly, seemingly not had any mental health issues outside of this, um, to look at it a a different way to know that something such as cyberbullying and how it can affect your mental health. So before we start, um, just want to thank Kerry for coming in and sharing a story with us. You're welcome. That was a little bit delayed there. (laughs) (laughs) So there might be some laughs and giggles throughout because we've known each other for them, guys. But um, yeah, so thanks for coming in, Kerry. And maybe just start off telling us a little bit about where your story began with with cyberbullying. Yeah, um, it was October 2017. I started... um, receiving messages from fake profiles where somebody was um, going through my photos on social media and making reference to my appearance, um, who I was with in photos, um, quite derogatory comments, so it wasn't pleasant to deal with. Um, You know, and at the time I'd never experienced anything like that, so I just thought that this was a a one-off thing and I guess would go away, which... Um, it's now 2019 and it's still going. Um, touch wood, I haven't had anything for probably about three or four weeks now, which is lovely. I'm getting yeah. a nice break. So So it um, started with just comments on photos and then did it progress? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've put a lot of security measures in place with my social media. Um, I guess this experience taught me that, there, you know, there is this great platform of social media that... I've connected with, you know, friends all over the country um, through social media and and that's how I keep in contact with everybody. I've moved around, um, you know, from various cities and those sort of things Um, and and it's great for that to be able to see what everybody's up to, to see, you know, what their children are up to and and vice versa. Um, Unfortunately, this person, you know, has attacked that so I've I've put everything into lockdown now um, just to put those measures in place. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's really sad these days to see that you actively have to put those measures in place. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. you haven't done this. Yeah, that's correct. It's you know I'm going about living my own life, doing my own thing, um, and you know there there seems to be somebody feels they have the right 
to just come in and invade that, although it is, you know, a public forum and those sort of things. And, you know, people could say, well, you're putting your photos out there, you're putting your life out there and showing it. That's correct. But that wasn't the intent of social media, I'm sure, when it first all, you know, kicked off. Yeah. I mean, going back to that, obviously, we, we spoke about it and we looked into it and the intended purpose was connection. And you use those platforms to connect with people. That's right. Yeah. But and for somebody to take a malicious way of use of it. Yeah. Like, it's, how... yeah, it's been quite, um, you know, I've had everything attacked about from my appearance to my career choices, um, to my family members, my friends. Um, I've had work colleagues contacted, I've had family contacted, friends contacted, but also, you know, and, and they, they're giving this, um, they, I guess they're painting this picture of me to the people in my network who, my network is fantastic in the fact that they, they reassure me all the time that they know me so that it doesn't matter what they're receiving, mm. you know, whatever is said about me, it, it's irrelevant to them, but it affects me that they're even receiving it. It's bad enough that I'm receiving it, but for my network to then receive it as well is just, yeah, next level. Like I said, I've known you for maybe 15 years now and from an outside point of view, you don't seem to let it affect your work or that outward appearance and you've always been happy-go-lucky kind of girl. But with the whole premise of the campaign being around mental health, mm -hmm. how do you think that's impacted your mental health? Um, I guess, you know, I can put on the front still of um, showing that my life's happy and, you know, I can be around the, the building at work and be still laughing and be happy. But when I go home behind closed doors, it's another world for yeah. me. Um, and especially if I'm getting attacked, you know, by my my stalker that, that you know, I've labelled them as my stalker. Um, it could be 7 o'clock in the morning where I'm getting ready for work and I'm looking forward to my day ahead and mixing with all the people that I do and I love my career. Um, and, you know, to start getting messages at that hour of the morning can throw my whole day. Um, but I try not to carry that into my day. I try and leave that at home. So, you know, there's been times where I've been an absolute mess and, you know, you and I um, have talked about that at certain times where I've actually shown you photos of the effect that it has on me behind closed doors. And they're obviously very private photos that I've shared with you of the grief and the absolute um, devastation that it caused on, you know, the mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you think it's changed you as a person? Um, well, people always say I'm an extrovert, which, yeah, I can see that side. Um, it was only recently that I admitted to somebody that this whole experience has changed who I am. Um, it's changed me in many ways as far as trust with people. Um, and, you know, like our relationship as, as mates, it, you know, that's cemented, you know, before all this happened. So anybody that I've been friends with, had connections with before this started, I'm fine with. Um, people that come into my life now, I'm extremely wary of, mm. um, you know, because of it. It's just created a different level of what is this person? Who are they? What do they want from me? Are they my stalker? You know, because I, I still to this day do not know who that person is. So yeah. I have my suspicions, but, you know, it's coming down to proving it um, is seemingly difficult. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the more research that I've done into it towards whilst I knew you was coming in, the cyberbullying, um, and it's going, there's a lot of different kinds of cyberbullying out there. So just as an example, um, I'll go through a couple and you can tell us 
whether it's something you've experienced in the different forms, because you're probably not alone. Like yeah. the more research and the more reports that are coming out is, it's just on the increase. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's obviously there's the harassment, cyber stalking, fake profiles, trickery, trolling, and catfishing. Yeah. So you've you've endured all of those, or uh, catfishing? It... I'm actually um, worried about that. Um, that's kind of the next level that I, you know I I fear that they will catfish me. Um, which I don't know whether you want to explain a bit more about what catfishing is to the people that don't yeah, know. Yes, so but... for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically turning, taking on the persona of, of somebody else um, and getting in touch with their network or somebody and and using their vulnerability, I'd say, against somebody Yeah. Um, a lot of the times. Um, there's a great show in America that actually, have you seen it? No. It's on MTV and it's called Catfish um, and it actually... It delves in, they get private investigators and to find out who's doing the catfishing and nine out of ten times it's it's somebody who's just taken somebody else's picture and used it online, pretending yeah. that they're them. Yeah. Um, but subsequently, on the flip side of it, creating a whole person to people's fam- family and friends as if they're that person as well. Yeah. So it could be one of two ways. Yeah, and that's been my fear, I think, in if I were to close down my social media. Um, you know, people, I guess, meaning well in giving advice by saying, you know, why don't you shut down your social media or it'll all go away. That's not the case. Um, when somebody has made it very clear that they have such hate for you um, and they've expressed that verbally that they have so much hate for you that they will do anything to get your attention. So there's been times I have shut down my social media um, and that's when my network seems to get um, hit up by the person as well and that's when they get contacted. Um, but, yeah, as I say, catfishing it is you know, constantly in the back of my mind as well, that if I were to shut down my social media, um, you know, will this person then catfish? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole question is why should you have to as well? Exactly. That's... You know, I mean, these these platforms of social media were designed for good um, and connecting and, and all the nice things in life. Yeah. And, you know, um, you shouldn't have to be the victim of somebody else's evilness and close down and change your world because somebody else can't do things the right way. You know, there's obviously something wrong with their mental health and I wish them well in getting that help that they need. Um, but, yeah, it's it's quite disturbing that they can seem to get away with it and I think that's, you know, one of the biggest problems we have right now is that people are getting away with this, whether it be, you know, teenagers doing it to um, their you know, students that they go to school with or um, in the workplace or adults, whoever is doing it, they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're all getting away with it right now because there's yeah. nothing in place. You know, there's no resources that are catching up with the times to meet, you know, the demand of what's yeah. happening with this. It's got out of control, I think. And I know we did mention it before the podcast and we were chatting just about resources that you'd approached and, and tried to get towards catching this person. Yeah. <clears throat> and we've often spoke about if you were somebody with a high high yeah. position in society or they'd be caught? Absolutely, yeah. And I've expressed that to um, the police as well, that, you know, I feel like this isn't getting anywhere, it's not getting resolved, you know, and they, you know, they've said to me things to do with resources and things like that. Um, but, 
you know, I have said to them, if I, I feel like I'm a nobody, because if I was somebody, if I was, for example, in a political position or somebody with a high profile, I just feel that this would have been got to the bottom of much sooner. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just at the end of the day, a nobody out there, but there's a lot of nobodies out there and there's a lot of nobodies out there that are, you know, taking things to the next level with their own lives. They're taking their lives. They're turning to drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, um, to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if, if, if again, we flip it, um, I like flipping things. Um, <laughs> but like you said, like you, you don't have any ill feelings to the person doing this to you. You wish them well if they are going through mental health issues themselves. Yeah. And I think that could proactively stem something with early intervention. So if people still have this kind of stigma towards mental health or speaking out that they've got issues, like perhaps within this and what's making them do it or why they feel a certain way or things like that, if there's early intervention there, maybe it doesn't have to get to this stage. Because we've, talk, we've talked before about children, and although cyberbullying is not acceptable in any means, we all know that adolescents, their brains function like cars, like they're on full throttle. They, yeah. they don't think, they're risk takers, and they, they put out there before thinking about repercussions. Yeah, yeah. When you're a fully mature adult, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So there must be some kind of aspect with a mental... And that's, I think that's the thing, Glenn. If this person isn't realising that what they're doing is actually wrong, which yeah. I'm sure they do, but if they don't, um, if they were found through the resources of you know police or whatever it may be, that then that issue can be addressed. They will stop doing this. They'll stop doing it to me. They'll stop doing it to others. Um, I think whenever they can continue to do it um, without acknowledging that there's a problem, um, and when I say I do wish them well, I, I do because they clearly need help, mm. um, A, to leave me alone, and B, for their own sake because the, the time and energy with that hate that they have towards me yeah. must be so consuming for them in themselves. That must be such a torment for them to yeah. have that kind of hate for a person, you know, and they, they clearly express that they hate me so much. That's been numerous times that's been you know, told to me. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody listening to this podcast may be going through a similar thing, how have you learned to, I wouldn't say cope with it because nobody should ever have to cope with it, but what strategies and what things have you done yourself to implement to try and keep your mental health sane or got I, that network around you? Yeah, I think talking about it is the, the key to it. You know, this person is going through a mental health issue themselves. Um, they've now, I guess it's like a domino effect, they've put that onto me. So I can then take that mental health and continue that domino effect or I can deal with it, you know, stop it here and deal with it myself. And, and the way I've been doing that is by um, talking about it and talking to friends about it. I've been to counselling about it. I get as much support as I can um, and also being involved in this campaign, it's... Um, I guess a, an outlet for me to be able to talk to others about reaching out. Um, there was something on social media uh, this week regarding a woman and a child who, you know, she'd taken her own life but her daughter as well and that was put on social media. Um, and that, that quite affected me in realising that something has put her into that place yeah. to take not only her own life but her daughter's life as well. I think she was two or three or something like that, the wow. little girl. And, you know, if she'd have been in a position where she could realise that she could actually reach out 
and talk about it. And it's okay that if you're in that dark place, there's help out there. You're not alone. And, you know, I think everybody at some point in their life has dark times. And if they say they don't, I think they're lying. They're either lying to themselves or lying to everybody else. Because whether you're being affected directly or indirectly, I say that all the time. Everyone has come across or come into contact with mental health. Yes, that's right. They might just not know how to either diagnose or recognise it. Yeah. But I think with early intervention from parenting, from teachers, because at the end of the day, teachers spend more hours with our kids often than not than ourselves as parents. Yeah. So I think with tools of the trade being implemented within these and programs, and especially toward parents as well. So I was I was thinking about this the other day. And our jobs as parents, like, are to protect and support our kids in whatever they do. Yeah. We would be so heartbroken if somebody else came to us and said they thought their child was having issues. Yeah. And we didn't know about it. Yeah. We didn't know the signs and symptoms because we were too wrapped up in work or to actually sit down and have a chat but on the other side i was also thinking there are some parents out there and this is no judgment but you don't want to segregate your child neither so if your child's going through something and one of the parents maybe says but don't tell anyone at school because we don't want you to be picked on or we don't want the other kids to move away from you yeah that's not helping the situation yeah that's right yeah so i think early intervention is Get it in schools. Get the kids talking about it as early as possible. And if by any chance this campaign can show a sports player or an actress that we people see off TV all the time. Like, I've got an amazing person at the moment coming on from the Wiggles. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's such a big mental health advocate, and especially towards the children. And how many kids has he reached through his platform? And to use his voice to actively reach out to the kids and go, hey, you know what? Yeah, we can be happy and we can dance and we can have fun. But if you need to talk, yeah, you don't feel like dancing or having fun, that's let okay. your parents know and that's okay. Yeah. Because coming back to your story, when you said you have that strong support network to talk, the more stats and research I've been doing on cyberbullying lately before you came in, it's like nine out of ten times people don't share it. Yeah. They don't tell anyone because they're kind of embarrassed that it's been happening to them. I think they either don't tell anybody. Um, yeah, they, they'd be embarrassed by it. Um, I was embarrassed by this for quite a long time. Um, but I think the other thing too is, you know, if, even if somebody's going through something, there are little signs there and it's those signs that you need to look out for. Um, I lost a friend to um, suicide a couple of years back and we'd been on a holiday in America uh, we'd been to Hawaii about seven years ago and you know it comes up on your Facebook memories and things like that and there was a comment that came up recently um, and it was one of the memories from our holiday and he'd actually made this comment that um, you know here in Hawaii and I'm so ugly nobody even likes me here um, you know and yes few years down the track he's taken his own life and it was a little there's little signs like that and that one just happened to be in my memories come up on Facebook the other day but how many of those did I miss yeah and you know so whether it be an adult that's making a comment like that or whether it's a child in a drawing that they're doing and that's their that's their Facebook do you know what I mean like they don't have that access to be on Facebook yet but they're doing a drawing that could tell a big story yeah. and those sort of things we need to be 
watching out for everyone yeah. around us all the time, not just taking care of ourselves, but taking care of everybody around us, whether it be your neighbour or somebody you work with, your children, your wife, your husband, you know, whatever it may be, we're all responsible to take care of each other. Yeah, I agree. And and when it comes back to, we're talking about the whole cyberbullying, social media and the use of it, how do you think, because you've seen both spectrums of it, the good to connect with people and also what's happened to you through your personal experience, yeah. how do you think on a general we should be looking at social media these days, especially towards our younger generation and the way they're using it? I think, you know, obviously there's you know, a lot of people on there that try to monitor what their children are doing on social media. I think social media has moved so fast, we can't even keep up with it ourselves, let alone yeah. try and, and watch what our children are doing. Where they have said it. it is more addictive than drugs. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. And we're all addicted to it, you know. Yeah. I guess you would admit it and I would admit it yeah. too. It's a great tool. I, I use it with work a lot. Um, you know, it's there for those sort of purposes, connecting with my network and using it for work and those sort of things. Fantastic tool for that. I think the governments need to really step up and go, yeah. you know, this has moved too fast for us. Yeah. Acknowledge that it's moved too fast and yeah. they can't keep up. Admit that and say, where to from here? How do we catch up? Yeah. You know, what, what can we do for our community? These are our people. What can we do yeah. to meet their needs? Because It comes back to the naming perfectly perfect. Whether you're in the government, whether we all fuck up yeah. on something. Yeah. Yeah. Admit that it's moving too fast. That's right. It's, yeah. it's just getting out of control. And I was talking to a friend the other day and they were saying their kids come up to nine years old now and yeah. started to ask about an Instagram account because his friends have got an Instagram account. Yeah. His dad has said no straight away. Yeah. shut it down, whereas his mum doesn't know how to approach the subject. And I think these are sort of the, the programs that need to come out and yeah. talk about reality. Like, yeah. this is a situation with social media that's getting out of hand, and sadly we're seeing more and more suicides yeah. because of the effects that people are using it for the wrong use. And she said to me the other day, she was like, I don't know how to handle it. Yeah, and see, these are these are life skills that we all need. Yeah, it's great, you know. And I don't know how much you remember from school is what you learn as far as geography, science, math, English, history, whatever it may yeah. be. These are real life situations that now need to be taught in our schools. This yeah. needs to be starting at the ground level with kids in our schools talking about this. That you know, no point sweeping it under the rug anymore. Yeah, you know, it's got to come out. You've got to face it. This is how our lives are now. It's not going to go away. And I'll touch on that because I was speaking to someone else the other day. They was talking about this. And, and one lady, an amazing lady, um, she commented on my photography the other day in terms of my portraiture. And she was like, yeah. oh, this is beautiful compared to the shocking images I normally see that you post on the campaign. And I was like, oh, I appreciate, but that's, that's for a purpose. I was like, and then I went on to develop the conversation and go, why do you find them shocking? And she was like, well, because they're just so raw and compelling and confronting. Yeah. And I was like, so take that to controversial subjects. Now, there was a big controversy around the show, 13 Reasons Why. Mm -hmm. did, did you see no, it? No. Incredible show, but the whole premise was addressing a young girl who'd been bullied online, yeah. school, dealing with anxiety, stress, all a lot, and she, she took her life. And it was pretty confronting because it showed her taking her life yeah. and it showed the after effects on her mum and her mum 
searching for answers and what had happened and she'd left these tapes and there was 13 tapes as to the reason why and implicated each person into the whole reason yeah now the whole controversy was around half of the people were divided but personally to me i was like controversial subjects sometimes like the images you could say are shocking they a make people stop in the tracks mm-hmm they B, make people sit the fuck up. Yeah. They start to listen and they start a conversation. Yeah. I don't think the people who made this show intended to do something to merely put something out for the sake of it. Yeah. yeah like that's right. whether yeah. that person had dealt with this issue in the past from a personal experience or other people had, the writers did it so beautifully, like, and so, how would I say, secure in terms of how they were putting the messaging out that controversial things i don't think if they're making an impact to start conversation we probably need more of in my personal opinion it is yeah and i think if something resonates with people and makes a difference and i always say to the public figures that come on board watch the after effects when you post this image on your social media because they're so used to seeing a public figure go to an event, go to a red carpet event, for all of a sudden to put this image and see them without makeup on, to see them crying or talk about their their story, and they go, wow, they're real as well. Yeah, that's right. And People think they're so distanced from someone who's a public figure, but they don't know what it took that person to get to that level and that's what right. they've gone through. And see, um, I think social media, so many people rely on, well, how many likes am I going to get by this photo that I put up of myself at this event and, and those sort of things. That That's great and you, you're getting your affirmation there and, you know, you looked great. That's fantastic. Um, but one of my colleagues worth. recently went to an awards night with no makeup on, which she really struggled to do. Yeah. And her partner was saying to her, you look fine, you look lovely, you know, you look beautiful. But she still felt uncomfortable because yeah. You know, it was glammed up around her and, you know, social media, you know, she knew she was going to have her photo taken that yeah. night and social media is like, hang on a minute, what, what do you mean you got no makeup on? You know, we yeah. all relate to social media that way. We're, we're all supposed to look our best there on social media, supposedly. But we, 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 we're moving on a little bit from your story because it's all connected with the social media aspect. But like you were saying with your story, the, the cyberbullying, how taxing it must be for someone to take their time to actively make accounts, to go out of the way to do all this. Yeah. In relation as well as a social media, we're putting our self-worth on the masses of people who don't know us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's yeah. there's studies and, and research shown that it's leading to low self-esteem, low confidence issues, especially within our adolescent years. Yeah. And what I don't understand is people are really basing their behind the scenes on other people's highlight reels. Absolutely, yeah. We're comparing ourselves. We're yeah. a society of comparing. And now. it must be so taxing for these people who are creating an online persona. Yeah. I, I, I've got to use this filter and I've got to post it this time. Yeah. Oh, I look fat in that. I better delete it. Oh, yeah. I took 350 pictures. Which yeah. one shall I choose? Well, you look at My Snapchat. God. You look right. at Snapchat alone. So all the filters and things on yeah. Snapchat that take away every flaw on your face. You could look amazing with a Snapchat filter. Yeah. Um, you know, 
that's why it's there, basically. They've been yeah. very smart in inventing that, that it's like people are going to want this because at the end of the day, we're all trying to create that flawless appearance. Yeah. Realistically, you do not look like any Snapchat filter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have ears and you know dog ears and whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, there's so many Snapchat filters that make you look amazing. You don't look like that. But, yeah. you know, everyone keeps using that and putting that up there. It's like, why? Because it... You know, you know that that's what people want to see, and you're seeing that with others, and think, "Wow, they look fantastic like yeah. that." Well, no, they don't. That's not how they look. Yeah. You know. And that, I think that's the whole premise of when they say a makeover. Yeah. Like when people have makeovers, it's there should be mental health makeovers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. because as soon as someone puts all the make, I always remember this British show. I think it was for MTV, and there was a famous model called Lisa Snowden. Mm-hmm. And um, she went to America and did this show, and it was basically showing the reality of America and what people have to go through. Yeah. She went to an award show, and she was showing, um, what was it on? It was a good show, but she was just showing the behind the scenes of it and how long she was in that makeup chair for. Yeah. And she was in for like three hours, and then at the end of the night, she did a, a little documentary-style thing. She was up for a further five hours because she said, I always remember because it was so funny, 10 layers of makeup wow. she had to get off her face. Oh, yuck. <laughs> so can you imagine? <laughs> My God, what you women have to go through when you put that stuff on. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, like she was saying, it isn't real. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, I think the whole item of beauty with the Kardashians and all the branding and things, there's a place for it because at the end of this, we have to remember it's kind of manipulation of naivety to some extent yeah. to sell. Yes. And that's what people are doing. Yeah. I just think when people are using the platforms for the wrong use and calling themselves influencers, yeah. what are you influencing? That's what I'd like them to say. There's nothing wrong with calling yourself an influence, but think what you're influencing. Yeah, is it because just who are you reaching appearance? out? Yeah. yeah, is it narcissistic? Are you craving the attention from the likes? So I think. Um, well, I think normally... I think we are creating a, a generation coming through of narcissistic people. Um, you know, I used to work with a girl that would just sit there and take selfies all day at her desk. Well, you know, I don't know about her, but I was too busy to be even doing that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, clearly she found the time. That's yeah. that generation that was all about selfies and you know you're sitting at work at your desk doing it you know like yeah. you've got things to do but it's it's it comes back to that there's an addiction and you know they're they're feeling self-doubt within themselves because of everything they're seeing on social media yeah. forget about what you're seeing with everybody else use this as a tool to connect with people to research things learn things yeah. become involved in campaigns all those sort of things um, and, and get back to the real world of yeah. connecting with people, finding people around you that are needing help with whatever it may be, you know, um, like how I was saying before, be aware of your entire network from your neighbour to your family to your friends. Start connecting with them instead of sitting on your social media all day comparing yourself yeah. to everybody else, every other Kardashian look-alike and whatever. Who cares what they look like? It's, it's where do you think it where, where where does it stem from what has has made our minds because it's no different medium than the tv which has always been there do you know yeah. what i mean it's just another kind of i think there's a me- lot more of it um and people are 
yeah, so much more comparing themselves. We're always trying to outdo the other and try to... Because it used to be emulate and look up towards a lot of public figures. Yeah. And now because social media, I think the younger generation are looking at at people with loads of followers and... and yeah, and I think like they envy that. Yeah, that. they're trying to match that. But um, it, how many of these followers are real? Yeah. How many likes? Are, like, at the end of the day, I think probably because we're a bit older yeah, and yeah. we've missed that generational... Thankfully, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, sometimes you have to think, thankfully, because how can they police it, really? Because when you talk about it and you go, okay, so kids aren't allowed to drink till they're... What, what age is it 18, in this country? 18, 18 here and 21, 21 in America. In America yeah. We can't say we can't take social media away, but hey, I would re in reality, I would really like my kids to spend their years and their teenage years without it. Yeah, yeah. As we So do, if I could police know. it and go, you know what, hey, but you don't want to segregate them from their friends because they're all on it, but at the same time it's kind of well, okay, if you're at school, boom, no phones. Yeah, and see, like some just, schools are starting to implement that now. Which is awesome, yeah, because yeah. I think they're seeing the problem. So changes on the way, I think. Yeah. And I think at a government level now, they need to... They really need to step up now. Yeah, yeah, a step up and have a dose of reality, because they've got kids themselves. Yeah. A lot of them, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think if they don't start it in schools... Yeah, that's right. And that's what I mean. We need to start it while they're young. Can um, you remember anything from your school days with... A phone, social media. The only thing I remember was when I was in sixth form, which was after main school, before university, yeah. like a college kind of thing, and we all got the Nokia phone and we were playing the game Snake. <laughs> yeah. That was the most exciting thing. And it yeah. was a text message that you didn't have to get off your ass and walk to your friend's house for yeah. them to come out and play. Yeah. But yeah. now it's kind of it like was a different people lifestyle, thing. will yeah. text you over the other side of the room instead of getting up yeah. and walking over there. And... It's taken the conversation out and people, when they catch up with people, they're too busy. My pet peeve, sorry, sidetracking guys, my pet peeve is when people go on holiday and I said it to someone the other day, actually, and I was like, for God's sake, you were just married. (laughs) Put your phones down and do what married couples are supposed to do on their honeymoon or enjoy each other. And it was like, Oh no, we've we've like we've had plenty of time for ourselves. I was like, I've just watched your Insta story and felt like I've been with you the whole bloody day. <laughs> like, what happened to the time when you could go on holiday and you got excited about going to your chemist and you yeah. got you got your old yeah. phone? And I know times are changing, but and who's if, the old friend now? Yeah, exactly. But if I get a message from a friend who says, "Hey, let's catch up. I've just got back off holiday. I want to tell you all about it." Yeah. We don't need to, because I know to. everything I've, about I've it. every minute so, of it. <laughs> well, I actually just went on a cruise um, with five friends. I know, I saw. And... <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, but, you know, we, we're on the cruise, and, yeah, you could buy the, the Wi-Fi package, and it, it was a hundred and something dollars for a week, you know. And I'm sort of looking at that going, okay, there's two and a half thousand passengers on this ship, you know, and a thousand staff or whatever. So let's say even a third of those passengers took that package for $100 a week to be on social media. And you're seeing people on their phones everywhere, as was I. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) you can see those cruise photos. Um, But that's the thing, you know, everyone, it was like, oh, we have to have it. Yeah, <laughs> can't go without social media. Yeah, um, it, and not just so you put up the photos of the cruise, obviously, but you know, so you still felt connected to everybody back home. It's like it's our 
lifeline now to be connected to everybody. And, and that, I think, comes back to the thing of, like, this isn't a bad thing. Social media is not yeah. a bad thing. It's a fantastic thing. I think you just need to implement strategies. Yeah, yeah. Like, like recognising the problem. Recognise the problem. So if you're Bring validating yourself on, I watched something and it was this woman and she was basically saying she'd gone away with her sister to um, somewhere in Canada, so absolutely beautiful, and she'd gone phoneless. Yeah, right. And she said the first day she got, what's it called, uh, phantom vibration syndrome. Yeah. Now if you've never heard of that, it's basically when you think your phone's vibrating yeah. And you've and not got it on yet and you're checking it. And she said she was checking it two or three times in the bloody day. Wow. When nobody yeah. was doing it and yeah. she hadn't even got it on her. Then she said by about the third or fourth day, it was it was driving her insane. Because first of all, she didn't have anything in her hands to take the thing. Yeah. And then her sister was trying to show her these beautiful scenes and all she was thinking was what filter she could have used if she could have taken a picture <laughs> and shown the world what she was doing. Yeah. And, and so that's I think, the other thing too, Glenn. You see people at concerts and they're all on their phones filming that concert. You know, put your phone away. Yeah, put it away and enjoy yeah. the concert. Live in the moment. You yeah. know? And I think we've forgotten to do that. We've forgotten to live in the moment of you know, and I guess I'm guilty of it as well. On that yeah. cruise, as it was heading out of Sydney, beautiful sunset, let's get a photo of that and pop it on social media. <laughs> you know, and then I'm messaging it to my son. He's like, wow, oh, it's amazing, looks yeah. beautiful, you know. But just... A little did he know you fell over directly after me. You didn't put that on, did you? <laughs> you know, put she got a, a sangria in her hand, she tripped over and bust her nose, but she didn't want that to be shown. Like, And I think as much as we laugh now, guys, we've gone from the serious side of talking about Kerry's own personal story towards social media there is a funny side and we're not trying to take away that fact yeah it's yeah. just probably use it more sensibly and like we say make that awareness check check in with yourself and recognize the problem yeah. and probably audit your social media use yeah like yeah, how many hours much. in a day i know phones well, now are actually showing tell you now. yeah which is kind <laughs> i don't of bad. like that but if like, that's a reality check and it's good that they're doing that yeah 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 um Quickly, there was, G, who was it? I think it was Jamie Foxx. He did, he did a podcast with someone, and he was even saying he got his daughter one of those Fitbit things. Yeah. Um, and it was checking, like, on the phone, you could check what your kids' activities were. Yeah, right. And they actually checked it and was like, what the hell is going on? Why are you only sleeping five hours out of a night when you go oh, to bed at this time, this no. time? Yeah. So they took the Fitbit or whatever it was, the gadget, the giver on the thing. Yeah. And they took it off her because they were going, if that's affecting our child, yeah, like, remove it from the bloody bedroom. Exactly. There is no yeah. reason you need a phone in the bedroom. You know, we like, all find the excuse now because it's like, oh, that's my alarm clock. It's on my phone, so I've got to have it right next to my bed. But, yeah. you know, I'll wake up at 3 o'clock and the first thing I do is pick up my phone, phone and look at it. it that's bad. Yeah. I've started removing mine out. you do it. Out. No, I remove mine out now. <laughs> Partly because we've got a newborn and, like, she wakes me up. Yeah. <laughs> she's your alarm clock. She's now. my alarm clock. But, um, yeah, two strategies straight away there is probably um, audit what you're looking at, recognise the problem. Um, and basically I would say, and I did it myself, create a better online social media experience and mm -hmm. bring it back to that connection. Yeah. So look at the people that you are following. Yeah. What does it make you feel like if you're looking at that person? 
like their page. Yeah, yeah. Does it make you go away feeling good about yourself or does it make you feel shit? Yeah, and, and they don't follow them. Cull where you need yeah, to. Like, you know? why do some people constantly compare their bodies to someone else's? Like, and hey, I'm not judging because I did an extend my body dysmorphia issues years ago. Yeah. And it probably around the time 2012 when social media took off. Yeah. And now I can reflect, like you said about your friend. Yeah, you're you can reflect rich. and look back. <laughs> but yeah, but I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. So I never shared it with you yeah. that I was going through internal issues yeah. and my mental health. And I was like, fuck, I don't look like my friends at the gym with that popping chest. And yeah, I had abs. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see the abs because I was too concerned with flaws that I didn't have, but I thought I had. Yeah, yeah. So mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, a total comparison where, and there's no need for it, you know? No. Be happy with who you are. Yeah. Um, stop focusing on everybody else. Yeah. You know, just be happy with who you are. So remove those pages on. or brands. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the third one. And I'd say last one would probably be, and that comes back to those influencers, modeling good behavior. Yeah. What do you want people to take away when they come to your page? Yeah. Do you want them to look at your page and think that you are living a life that's fabricated? Because I know a couple of people who claim they're influencers, but behind their scenes, they're actually working on a gym reception or in a shop. Yeah. They don't post that shit. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. But no. don't try. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and pretend to create a persona not. because A, it's a lie. B, what are you saying to yourself about yourself? Yeah. And that's affecting your mental health because and you're trying to create something, a persona. But ultimately, is that leading to you actually then becoming a little bit narcissistic and believing your own story? Well, that's when it becomes obvious that somebody is narcissistic. So you can look at um, a couple of different profiles, for example, on Facebook, and you can think, well, that person is just all negative. It's all woes. It's yeah. all negative. Somebody else is all all wonderful and isn't life just unicorns and lollipops and yeah. rainbows and I live this fantastic life. Well, no, you don't. Yeah. Let's find somewhere in between. Put the good and the bad up. It's okay to have the bad in there as well. Yeah. Flip it around the next day and be good and, you know, anything in moderation. So if you've got a healthy mix of, yeah, I'm not feeling great and this is why and, you know, or, um, yeah, I'm feeling great today and this is why because... I've been on a holiday, and yes, it was a great holiday. Here's the photo of the sunset. Yeah. But, you know, have a healthy mix on yeah. there. Don't be unrealistic, you know, that your life's all wonderful because let's be real. We know everybody, as I said earlier, everybody has dark times too. So, yeah. And it's just what level of darkness, and, and, you know, as I come back to with my friend in Hawaii, you know, look for those little signs, just that, the, you know, that, was probably one of many he yeah. posted that none of us caught on to. Yeah. And had we caught on to that earlier, he may still be here. Um, and, you know, I think if everybody really seriously watches out for each other and watches for those little signs, yeah. then we're going to get somewhere in, in stopping suicide and things like that because, you know, that, that's, I guess, somebody's little cry for help, yeah. really. It's just normalising that conversation. Yeah, yeah. And really starting it as early as possible. That's right. And, and making them feel comfortable that, hey, I noticed you made this comment. Yeah. Are you okay? You know, ask people, are they go, okay, do you want to talk about it? You know, yeah. I noticed you made this comment and just checking in on you kind of thing, you know? Um, and, and I think in, 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 like we say, a roundabout way, we, we've spoken on a whole spectrum of things from your story through to social media. And if anyone can take away from this podcast that 
you have no negativity towards social media and we've just had a pure good laugh about it. Yeah. yeah. And you've come from the depth of dealing with something from, from a dark place of social media. Yeah. And now it's affected your mental health. Oh, yeah, absolutely it has, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm a different person, undoubtedly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you still see it as a positive light in terms of social yeah. media can be used as a good as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the good can so outweigh the bad, and I, I guess we've always got to remember that too. There's always going to be bad there, you know, as, as they say, so that you appreciate the good. Maybe 95% good with social media and 5% that's bad. Um, and, you know, we've just got to knock that 5% on the head and yeah. just keep knocking it on the head every time and just hang on to those sunsets as you're heading out on the cruise. And, with you a sangria. Yeah, with a sangria. Let's not forget the sangria. Uh, so, yeah, guys, really, if you don't follow her at the minute, Kerry Chapman, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's going to be posting that sunset and then the next minute head over heels with a sangria. Well, I did but, have a Prosecco for lunch. But I will, I will tell you, knowing Kerry for as long as I have, she would fall and she'd bust her nose, but that glass would still be full in her hand. She would make sure that sangria or Save that prosciutto was... <laughs> you know me. You know you, know you would. Know. Well, um, I'll wrap it up there. But, um, yeah, I will put any links down at the bottom, guys, to any helplines if you're going through anything that, like Kerry's endured. Um, hopefully you've got some tips um, just having a strong network. Is there anything you'd just like to finish off with before we go? Um, I really say the strong network, uh, friends, family, talk about it. It's okay to talk about it. Do not be embarrassed about mental health issues, um, you know, whether it's from cyberbullying or something else, whether it's bullying in the playground or whatever it may be, wherever it's coming from, if something's affecting you, reach out and talk about it. You know, talk about it to anybody and, you know, people are always going to be there to help. Um, get involved in campaigns like this where, you know, it, that's another outlet to talk about it, that it's it's okay and, and help others and those sort of things as well. Just I, I would just say absolutely reach out. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I come back to the woman that was on social media this week with the little girl. It's just so sad that she didn't feel that she could reach out. She obviously hit that darkest, darkest place and it just tipped her over the edge. She went that next level because she felt like she couldn't talk to somebody. If she'd have spoken to somebody or somebody around her had picked up on one little thing, then she'd probably still be here and that little girl would still be here. So that's incredibly sad. Yeah. 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 Um, Just talk, talk about it. And by sharing your story, guys, you're, you should be proud of yourself because you're breaking the stigma. Yeah, yeah. Do you know and, what I mean? Uh, For yeah. each person that opens up and shares their story or talks about it, they're breaking the stigma. And that is the whole purpose of the campaign, of any mental adv- advocate to facilitate anything that's trying to get that conversation started, guys. So with that being said, check out the bottom of the podcast where I'll drop all the links to any helplines that you may need. Again, I just want to thank Kerry for coming down um, and chatting. Now, I'll just finish off with a little lighter note. We're just going to go and head out and get a prosciutto now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Kerry, for coming in. You're welcome. Thank you.